the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. It is Friday, and you know what that means? That means it's Open Line Friday. We'll take your calls on any subject at all. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can talk about any subject. You can change the subject that we might be talking on. Maybe there's something that's been on your mind for a while, and maybe there's a Bible question you have. Maybe you just need to make a comment on the news. Maybe you didn't get through earlier in the week. Uh, today's a great day to make a call about that. 888-528-2557. And uh, so we'll take your calls right now on anything at all. Were you at the Pastors Conference, the KKLA here in Los Angeles Impact Pastors Conference? Some of you are from San Diego and drove up for that event. We had over 500 pastors and ministry staff in attendance, and uh, it was a great event. I want to thank you for going. If you went or if you took the time to invite your pastor or your ministry staff to go, I know that some of you did that in your churches. And if they went, you know what? I believe they were blessed by it. I was blessed by it. I've been to a lot of these things, you know, and and you know what I really like about it is it is a partnership that we want to have uh, with our radio stations, KKLA here in LA, but also in San Diego, Cape Rays, I know is uh, really wanting to do this as well as really have a true partnership with all of the churches. We have this great thing we get to do in radio where we come together as one church. I pointed out, I looked it up a couple weeks ago, there are 8,500 churches in California, but really there's only one church. And we, that's what I really like about radio is that, you know, we aren't inviting you to come to the Pastor Scott Church. We want you to listen to the Pastor Scott Show and tell your friends about it and be encouraged to be a better, better disciple maker wherever God has placed you in the church that you've been to. And we want to help you encourage your pastors and encourage your staff and do the things that God has called you to do. We get to do that together. And that's a great thing. That's a, that's a partnership. You know, sometimes in, uh, I'll tell you what, a pet peeve of mine as a pastor, and there were a few of them. One of them was when someone would come and they'd say, oh, we want you to partner with us uh, in some ministry or something. But really, they didn't want to partner. Really, they just wanted the church to support their mission financially or maybe send volunteers. And that's great. That's fine. That We're very happy to do that. But just call it that. Because a partnership, you know, to me, a partnership would be, okay, we fund your ministry or we send you volunteers, we send you stuff or whatever. But then you send us stuff, something, you know, give us uh, people who will help us with our, our internet uh, service, you know, give us something that will help the church and, uh, you know, if it wasn't two-way, it's not really a partnership, but a great thing about what we're able to do here at uh, KKLA and Praise in San Diego is really have a partnership with churches and to really 
come together as one place. It's something I think that is unique uh, about Christian radio and a wonderful thing. So I want to thank you for being a part of it. And uh, we'll have more of that going on. There's a lot of events. You can watch it if you weren't able to make it. You can watch it now at kkla.com. Just scroll down about halfway down the page and you can find uh, Watch Impact 2023. Or you can, uh, we link to it on our social media for the Pastor Scott Show. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's not on the Instagram yet, uh, but it probably will be. But Twitter and Facebook, you can find the link there and watch it there at Pastor Scott Show. All right, I hope you're having a good day today. You know, one of the things that I wanted to do, and I thought especially since it's open line Friday, that maybe we would do this. Um, and the number, once again, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Something we did at the pastor's event was we took questions, and we had people send in their questions. And uh, we got a lot, a lot of questions. And, and uh, our, our great producer, Wilbert, he was there, and he compiled all the questions into different topics and sort of categories. You can't get up and answer every single question that would take all day. The entire conference would do that. But, you know, there's always a theme. And I like that. I like events like that. I like I like our Friday show where you call about other stuff because it really helps me understand what's on people's minds. And you go to a, you know, an event like this, you find out, you know, what are people talking about? And there are a lot of questions about how to deal with the the political issues of the day or political divisions that are in the church. We talked about that, and we talked about some social issues. We talked about a lot of ministry issues and things. There are some questions that were given that were you know, maybe not, maybe they were sort of singular and we didn't get to them, but some of them I thought were interesting. It would be interesting for today, Open Line Friday, because this is the type of question that uh, you guys ask on Open Line Friday. So I thought, you know what, I got these questions and uh, I don't want to miss them. You know, you somebody wrote these questions in and they mean them. And I always figure that if somebody's asking the question, um, it's not just them, right? Uh, it's somebody else. You ever do that in class? I was, all, I was not the question answer asker when I was in class, like when I was going to school. I would have a question, but I, I almost never put up my hand. I would wait for someone else to put up their hand, and they would probably ask the question that I was thinking. And I know I'm not the only one. So for those of you who were the hand putter-uppers in uh, growing up in school, uh, you helped a lot of people you didn't realize. Your question was almost never stupid. There were a couple of dumb questions, but, you know, almost never stupid. Uh, you know, and some of these questions I thought were, were pretty interesting. You know, one of them was a, a good one, I think, for us in so many ways. How do we speak the truth to people without losing our compassion for them? That's a really good question. How do we speak the truth to people without losing our compassion? And I, I'm guessing what it, you know, probably that person is referring to, you know, somebody who might be steeped in sin or, you know, doing something with addiction or something where, you know, you start to lose the compassion for somebody who doesn't want to make good choices. You know what I mean? You start to lose compassion for people who just over and over and over again do the same wrong thing or make the same wrong choice. And then you come across Jesus Christ who tells us, you know, how many times should we forgive people? And, uh, you know, seven sounded pretty good. Uh, and uh, seven times 70. And that's about forgiveness. But in a way, it's kind of the same. You know, how many times do I got to put up with somebody? You know, seven, because I'd love to on the eighth time just tell you to shut up. You know, I'm, I'm done with you. There are times, you know, in, in the conversation where you have to say, you know what, We've said what needs to be said. We're not going to say it anymore. And that, that context, obviously, from Christ is about forgiveness. But I think there's a principle about not giving up on people. And how do you deal with it? Somebody told me this recently, 
and I was talking with somebody who had to had to tell somebody something very difficult that they were doing wrong. But it was something that was they were trying to do a good thing. They just weren't doing a good thing very well. And the phrase that she used was, I finally did it. And I finally had to, I said, well, how'd you, how'd you figure out how to say it? And she said, I had to figure out how I would tell somebody that their baby is ugly. And I thought, <laughs> breathtaking. I thought, you know, that's an interesting way to put that. You know, how do you tell somebody that their baby is ugly? Uh, and, uh, you know, if you do that, uh, how do you do that and still be their friend? You know, I mean, obviously, you're not going to say to somebody their baby is ugly. It's a euphemism. Please don't go. <laughs> please, please do not take that literally right now. If you know somebody whose baby is like, you know, uh, don't say anything. You know, they'll grow out of it. It'll be fine. And every baby's beautiful. You know, in that concept, you want to do that. You know, but sometimes, you know, in church, for example, you know, somebody can't sing. And yet they're up there every week and uh, embarrassing themselves and everybody else. But they think they're great. Sometimes you got to tell people this is not your gift. And uh, often it hurts their feelings, but we, we have to find a way to do that. Sometimes it's more serious. It's you have a drinking problem, you have a drug problem, or this project, this direction you're going in your life, maybe this relationship that you're in is terrible for you. No, no, I can make it work. I can make it work. And no, 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 you can't. Those things are hard. I think you always have to do it in, in love and truth. You know, truth, even when it hurts, if it's delivered in the right way, it's something that helps us, and it actually brings us closer together in a good relationship. Now, some people are going to stomp off and just be offended because maybe they're not really your friend anyway. Maybe they're not really somebody who's with you. But I remember a long time ago, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, who was the final leader of the Soviet Union, he was meeting with President Ronald Reagan. And Mikhail Gorbachev told the story of the first time that they met. And he said it happened more than once, where Ronald Reagan would sit down with him and proceed to tell him how evil the Soviet empire was and to tell him how evil his regime is and how bad communism is and right to his face, like really do it. You know how we always hear today, you know, I'll stand toe to toe with Putin or whatever. I bet that behind the scenes, there's not a lot of telling him off and that it wouldn't go very well if that would happen. Well, Reagan would do that. But the funny thing about Gorbachev's response is Gorbachev said, he's telling me how everything I'm involved with is evil. And yet, as he's telling me this, I'm liking him more and more. And they became friends, and there was great progress made and all that. And I've always thought that really is the, the Christian example of how we interact with people who are doing something wrong, whatever that is, whether it be a serious moral issue or maybe it's a life direction or if you happen to be leading a communist country, that we should be able to, I think this is very Christ-like, that we ought to be able to speak the truth in love. I think that's what it is. If you speak the truth in love, then that person's response, although it might be painful to hear, they draw closer to you. See, that's what Jesus does for us. To each one of us, he speaks the truth in love. He tells us that we are sinners, that all fall short of the glory of God. That includes me and it includes you. He tells us that these things are not of the Lord. These things are not holy. These things are good. Do what is good. There are good works prepared for you to do. Here's what the good works are. Do those things. He explains those things to us. And sometimes we don't agree. Sometimes we're like, no. But when you listen to Christ, when you trust him and you realize that when he speaks, it is kind, it is direct, and it is above all just truthful and right, 
even when you don't like it. This is part of getting to know Christ. You draw closer to him. And when you listen, and even if you're not too sure you want to obey, but you obey anyway, you choose to do that, it draws you closer to him. And the more you choose to follow Christ and obey him, the closer you get to him, and the less often you are offended by anything you might read in the Bible, or less offended by anything you realize that the Lord wants you to do. Anyway, just a a thought to that question, you know, without knowing the specifics, I thought, it's important that you're truthful in a kind way. That doesn't mean you don't be bold. That doesn't mean that you don't, you know, really challenge somebody. There are times to do that. We certainly have those times in our culture today, but there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. And uh, just be truthful and, and kind and be there with them. You know, don't drop the mic and walk away, you know, be there with them and take it if they want to push back, and that might even help you. All right, 888-528-2557, open line Friday. We'll take your calls on anything you'd like at all, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Jose in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, uh, Pastor Scott. Uh, good. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, just two brief points. Um, one is about the controversy about the, uh, using the mask. Okay. I just want to mention this. Um, everybody missed the point that this virus is very, extremely different than others. Even though it's a SARS. Oh, yeah, are we um, talking about the whole thing or just the, the current version of it? The, the whole thing. Okay. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. Yeah. It's a completely different animal. We know how the flu acts. As I work in a hospital. Yeah. And I was there during the during the pandemic in the area of COVID area. I didn't get the COVID until now. Last year, I get a COVID on my on my family reunion. Uh-huh. But the point is, the point is, this virus is completely different, and you can ask any doctor or any microbiologist. This is a this is a it's a very it's a very scary. Virus. So, what is uh, what is it you'd like to say about it? Well, that the people still could be um, mindful about uh, washing the hands, uh, using the mask when they need to use it, um, and things like that. You know, I think because... that hand washing, you know, and all these things that we kind of went through in all of this. I remember we have, my whole life. I've been told you know you should wash your hands and do all of this. I I I don't think until the COVID, when it comes to hand washing, I understood exactly why. Like, and exactly, I was never told, or I don't remember ever being told. Remember, we had these instructions. It was you got to do it with soap, and you got to do it for twenty seconds at least, or something, right? Uh, right, 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 right. And one, 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 one last thing that I want to say: thank you for the show yesterday with focus on the family. I'm a Christian, but I was used, but I was listening, focus on the family since 20 years ago, and they help us to raise up our children. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for yeah. Dr. Dodson and everybody. Wow. Yesterday on the that. on the show, we had uh, John Fuller, who is the host of the uh, Daily mm-hmm. Focus program right here on uh, KKLA mm-hmm. and KPRZ. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, glad you listened to that, and I'm glad that ministry has helped you. It's helped a lot of people. Yes, thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome, Jose. And uh, if you think about it, Jose, you can write him a note. Tell him, you know, uh, focusonthefamily.com. 
and uh, check it out. All right, open line Friday, 888-528-2557. I think uh, I was thinking about the, the hand-washing thing. That's not really been the subject for a while, but, you know, the colds and flus and things we get, I guess a lot of it, it's on our hands or something, and we put it our hands on our eyes or we you know, do something, and... Uh, you know, it's that, you know, all the controversies about different things with that. The hand washing is a good idea. Please wash your hands. Whenever you use the restroom, you know, please do that. Um, my sons, they want to put a, uh, they got this from a Seinfeld episode or something or a farce. I know it was a far side joke where they want to put a, a buzzer on top of like a pu- public restroom uh, so that if somebody comes out and they didn't wash their hands, the light would go off and let everyone in the restaurant know that person didn't wash their hands. There was a Seinfeld about that, and uh, it's hilarious. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. You know, here's a question, and maybe you should ask, uh, you, maybe I'd like to hear what you have to say. Somebody asked, what do you think about people who are a part of or attend home churches? And uh, there are a lot of people who don't meet in a building somewhere. They meet in a home church. In fact, there's a uh, there's a movement around called micro churches. And, you know, so it's the opposite sort of of megachurch. Megachurch, I don't know what you have, how many people have to show up to give you that designation. It's 2,000 or something, I guess. Uh, how many of you have to show up in order to be a church? Well, two or three, I guess, is where that would start. And uh, the microchurch movement, uh, and I don't know if anybody's still doing this anymore. It was, you know, a good 15 years ago, maybe I was hearing about it. You know, you would never let it get more than like 12. And I would say, well, isn't that your small group ministry? What's the difference between that and your, uh, you know, Wednesday night small group or something? No, no, this is the church. And if we got more than twelve, I said, well, do you kick people out? You know, what point do you start telling people to stop coming? Um, but the the idea was that small groups of people can do a lot more with fellowship and prayer and other stuff. And I agree with that. You know, I think that if you have, you know, most people are in a church that's a little bigger than you know twelve. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're in any size church, if you've got a good small group system going, then you're going to get to know people. And I'd tell you, at your church, if you're not in anything else other than just going on Sunday morning, find a way to get involved somewhere, either in a small group or in a a, a ministry that meets regularly. Maybe it's a Sunday school class, but really something during the week, because what I found to be true in my own life and in the life of the church is that the ministry that happens for everybody mostly doesn't happen on Sunday morning. Sunday morning is great. You come and you worship and you should sing and you should hear the word of God preached and you should take it in and you should pray and you should learn and grow and be encouraged and be edified for that. But probably on Sunday morning, for most people, you probably don't go pray with somebody and you probably don't uh, pray for somebody else individually. You're probably not helping uh, the poor. You're, you know, you might be putting money in the offering, but you're probably not. Um, if you've got things going on in your life, unless you know people closely, you're probably not sharing it. You know, sometimes people are just in and out. But if you're in a small group and you get together with a group of people every week, that's where you're prayers are said. That's where life happens together, and you have a meal, and you talk about what the Lord's doing, and uh, you talk about the things that uh, you might want to even do together to serve, and you wrestle through the scriptures where you have an opportunity to ask questions, and you don't really get to do that in church. In fact, I do not recommend that you get up during the pastor's sermon and uh, ask a question. I think I've had that happen twice, and uh, it was it was never a good thing. (laughs) 
for for anybody, including the question answer. You can ask me afterward. I'm here all day, but uh, you know, don't 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 stand up in the middle of the sermon and uh, make a comment. Uh, I do not recommend that. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Henry and Compton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, hello. Hi, Henry. Um, yes. Hi. Yes, I've always wondered why uh, we refer to Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit, even in Scripture and in literature that I read. You know, Christian. I read a lot of books, and uh, we believe in the Trinity, of course, God the Father. God the Son and God Holy Spirit, but why is it? Why did they put it in the Bible? Even the King James, all of them, pretty much refer to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit. If we believe He's a living, um, active force here on Earth, now that's an interesting question. You know, there's probably two reasons. One is that you know we usually say the Father also. You know, and in the yeah. context, like you just said, the Son. So when I would baptize somebody, and this is what I see most of the time in a baptism, we'll say, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. And, and some of that is a function probably of how it gets translated into English a little bit, right? And, and, a, and also a function of how the idea of Trinity, which is three persons and one God, okay? The, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Did you know that? True. Um, but the... The concept of Trinity is inescapable in the Bible. It's called a theological trap. You can't get away from the idea that from Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Revelation, the Bible teaches that there is one God and one God alone, but he is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, the the, the yes. other side I would say is, is that the Holy Spirit is more of a, you know, we have a name for Jesus. He's Jesus. And... You might uh, say that the Father, some people might say Yahweh or Jehovah, and usually in your mindset you're thinking Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but probably the Father you would attach that to. There's, I don't think there's ever been a name like that attached to Holy Spirit, so it's probably the Holy Spirit. But I think it's important for people to recognize that each member, each part of the Trinity is personal. Yes, Father, Son, yes. and Holy Spirit, and the way we can't explain everything that how that works. And if you could, you could be God, right? It's it's important. <laughs> it's important that we accept that there are things about God that we'll never understand. How do you understand three persons and one God? Well, you can't, but you can understand right. that that it's personal. And I think that's that's super important whenever we're thinking of the Holy Spirit. That this is it's not the force. I think is a really big thing to consider. It's personal. It's not, you know, the uh, something that, you know, binds the galaxy together, as Obi-Wan Kenobi would say. Yes. yes. Does that help? Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, You know, um, what I do now is when I pray for people or I'm reading literature and I see it makes reference to the Holy Spirit, I just skip over the duh and read it as Holy Spirit as an individual. Sure, I think that's a... Yeah. That's perfectly fine to do that, to help you remember that uh, he's personal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for taking my call, and I really do enjoy your show. Thank you, Henry, for calling the Pastor Scott Show. All right, we've got to take a break. It's Open Line Friday. We'll take your calls on any subject at all, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. 
888-212-5557. And uh, when we come back, uh, I'd love to hear from you if you go to like a uh, a different church, a church that meets in a house. Uh, I'll get back to that question uh, about house churches. Do you meet in a house church and how is that going? What's, uh, what's good, bad, or indifferent about it? How does it work? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott, she'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557. We'll take your call on anything at all. We were talking about, uh, you know, home churches and that, that movement. I was talking about micro churches for a while, but the hard part about that is if you gotta, if you gotta put a cap on who can come, that doesn't seem like it's a church thing to do because there's, there's a lot of church problems, you know, when the church growth movements and stuff, because if it comes just, if your church becomes just about how many people show up or whatever the offering is, if those are the metrics, well, that's not necessarily spiritual at all. One time my church grew by, I would say in a matter of two or three weeks, my church grew, I'm, I'm not even kidding, 100%. We almost doubled in size. And, peop, and it was shortly after I started at this church. And people thought, oh, everybody loves our new pastor. But see, I knew that there were two churches in town, one who, who sort of unceremoniously fired a, uh, their music director and people were upset. And another church had some other split over music. And uh, all of those people knew me personally and came to, uh, to my church. And they were all angry people at their church who didn't, didn't deal with whatever was going on at their church and came to my church. And then we made changes about a month later, and 100% of those people left and went somewhere else. And we, our church dropped 100%. You know, but the thing is, is that none of it was church growth because it was just church transfer. And, uh, but, but don't misunderstand that while there are church growth that it really isn't church growth, there is church growth where people are getting saved, where, where new people are coming to Christ, where people are coming back to church who haven't been in church for a long time, and where new generations of people, kids grow up, leave the house, and stay in church. And, uh, you know, in the Bible, you always saw the church grow, uh, not for the sake of its growth, but for the fact of people getting saved. And that should be a part of the ministry. And you might have an idea that says, well, we'll grow to a certain amount, then we'll start planting a church with people who come. And that's great if that's your deal. Uh, But we should be thinking about that. All right, 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, how are you, Ted? City of the Angels. Hi, Ted. Uh, Just wanted to bring up, you know, uh, something, you know, a week ago when they were talking about... uh, you know, lowering the bar. And uh, one thing my father told me, he said that when you lower the bar, you weaken society. And he says it should never be based on the color of your skin. It's who scores the highest. And what were we talking about with lowering the bar? Is this the uh, the idea of how to dress that we were talking about a while ago? Well, I think uh, in general, if we're lowering the bar, including in churches, you know, like, you know, because somebody doesn't, you know, dress a certain way or act a certain way, they shouldn't be allowed. Um, I, I feel that as a minister, um, I've seen people, uh, for instance, Bel Air Presbyterian was where Ronald Reagan went. And uh, back then, the whole place was packed. And now you have a, a younger version minister who thinks it's cool to wear high top tennis shoes uh, with his robe. 
and I think it's a, a slap in the face of the church. I don't think it's cute. Well, is he um, uh, is he teaching the gospel? He's teaching the gospel. Okay, um, but I, you know, and, again, and I'm, I, I understand that people are going to have differences of opinions with that, and you know, I don't know that that he was a part of that. There was a movement a while ago with uh, pastors showing off their expensive shoes, and there was some uh, Instagram account that was made that was very embarrassing, really, um, because of that. And it can be a problem. But, you know, I think one of the reasons we have we have different places is is for that. I don't want to go into you know, one church over another, especially if they're, they're preaching the gospel. And, you know, if you don't go to that church, then, you know, you kind of want to leave it to them. But I do know what you're saying about the the lowering of the standards in different ways, right? That's we were talking about the for people listening uh, the John Fetterman issue in Congress, where he's allowed to he, they changed the dress code so he could wear his hoodie and his gym shorts on the floor of the Senate. And uh, there's all kinds of pushback on that today, by the way, even from Democrats, because it's a little crazy. Uh, he came in looking really terrible. <laughs> the, it wasn't even a, a nice hoodie. It was a a button-down shirt, the kind of shirt that you would probably use to paint in. Exactly. You know, and you've exactly. got to draw a line somewhere, don't you? Amen, uh, Pastor. I just, you know, uh, if I'm looking at a coach, I don't want to look at a coach that doesn't look like a coach if I'm on a football team. Uh, you need somebody that's willing to stand up and be the position that he is, and how do you find that? And that's a person that sets a trend that says, hey, I'm the leader of this crew, and, and I, this is my job, and you look at them with respect, and then he also, his uh, conduct uh, represents that. It's, it's, it's an altogether one package, and mm. um, I just, uh, you know, there's a, I just, back when Ronald Reagan was in charge, you knew you had a president. He, it was a different even time. Though he, Ted, I got a bunch. It was a different Yeah. I got okay. a bunch of calls, Ted. I appreciate your call. And I think that's a that's an ongoing thing is, you know, how do you dress and does it affect things real? We talked about that quite a bit uh, a few days ago. Um, you know, basketball coaches. Are basketball NBA coaches, are they still wearing suits or did that end, Wilbert? Remember the day uh, Pat Riley uh, and his suits? Not many more coaches do that. They've got yeah, very it's, casual now. It's, it's definitely changed. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't know that that's for the better or not. Uh you know, you know who wears suits, though? You know, the late-night TV shows wear suits. And I always think to myself, you know, there's a consultant out there who consults for everybody in TV who says, you need to wear a suit. Yeah, I want to say it was after COVID. That's when everything changed for yeah. coaches. Yeah, COVID messed with us quite a bit. All right, 888-528-2557, open line Friday. Griffin in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Thank I, you for taking my call. Yeah. You know, I feel great when I speak with you. Because I feel like uh, the gospel is a little bit different in the way we teach it, the gospel, for our culture. Our culture. Mm. Because uh, number one, that I notice I'm a black guy, and I go to the black churches mm-hmm. most times, and they explain the culture different than the way most white, ex- they don't concern of what color you are. They don't touch nothing that, like, when you walk in the white area, that when they had this shooting of this black man and walking in the area, that we should let everybody know that God loved all of us, and we shouldn't be fighting on each other. You can't be in certain areas. They're like gang bangers. We need to stand up like God. We got to step ourselves away from among these type of everyday people. 
we are God people. We show the light of God. Are you and saying? I think that's what I believe you all about. That's why I call in. Well, I appreciate you calling in. And, and you know, the great thing about the great thing about the the gospel when we keep it biblical is that it fits in any culture. You know, in fact, uh, Christianity um, is something that you can bring to any culture, and it just it it works. You most religions are very limited to certain cultures, right? You, they're not going to grow outside of a region or outside of a particular area. Um, but Christianity, you can find everywhere. And that's because yeah. the message isn't about, you know, black or white or where you're from or rich or poor or anything else. The message is about we're all human beings who needed a savior. We have one. His name is Jesus. And he died and he rose again. And that. But they don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now. I would say that message is uh, the message that translates very well into uh, every language. Well, you see, when I listen to you, I better hear maybe uh, in two hours, you probably won't have 10 black people call in. I don't think God is, is there when people only have just one culture and all the culture come to them. We have to step ourselves away. Among people just want to listen to their own culture. Oh, I see what because you're saying. God yeah. God is different. You know what? Uh, and we have to show them where God is. God is everywhere for everybody yeah. and everybody should call on every pastor for the truth because he's shining light a righteousness of christ all right griffin and i appreciate that i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna let you go because i i get your point there and you know it was a subject at the pastor's conference yesterday is how do we do more together as churches and you know whenever we're with the and the great thing too about the conference like that is you got people from every background sitting out there and it is uh, a wonderful thing, and it looks more like what the kingdom of God is going to be like. And uh, we have to do more together as churches. That is a significant conversation uh, to have. 888-528-2557. Jim in Azusa, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, um, I was an English major in college. I have a BA in English. Okay. And um, for some time now, I don't feel comfortable uh, when somebody asks me a question, I have to answer in the negative. Like I don't, I have to answer no. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I was an English major, I know that the word no, as you say it, is two words in the English language. It's two words. Like N O and K N O W. Yeah, right. Do you feel like so people I are confused when you answer it uh, when you say no to something? Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been saying N O. I just spell the word N O. Oh. Okay. Now, how's that? How's that helped you? Well, I don't feel like I feel like uh, now they they can't they can't interpret it as K N O W because I spelled N O. Well, I, I suppose that works. Do you think that they like if somebody says, uh, you know, do you want uh, cream and sugar in your coffee? I say no, and I I don't expect they're going to put any Splenda in there. Okay. I okay. But you see what I'm saying? Like, do, is there a circumstance where a person I, I might be confused? That, I'm just saying, uh, if you, what if you were a cop on the beat and there was a murder in your area and and you suspected this guy that was walking down the street and you ask him if he was at that apartment at this and such and such a time and all he says is no. Well, I would assume how he meant... How come it couldn't be K-N-O-W? It's a verb. No, all right, it's a verb. all right, Jim. You know what, Jim? I don't think people are very confused about this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think if you asked him and he said no, there's no way you would think he was saying 
K-N-O-W, you would think he was saying N-O. I think that language works that way. But if you've got an example or if somebody can think of one where that would be confusing, that would be worth it. But all right, I got to take a break. I see your calls, Donna and Tony and uh, David and others. It's Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557. We'll take your calls on any subject and uh, you can change the conversation if you'd like to, or keep going with the same conversation. Bible questions, spiritual questions, something about the news, follow up on something that uh, we talked about earlier in the week. And I've been answering some of the questions that we didn't get from our audience yesterday at the Pastors Conference, which if you went to that, thank you for going. We had over 500. We had a great time at the KKLA Impact uh, 23 Pastors Conference. Really encourage you to go and put that on your calendar for next year. You can watch it if you missed it on kkla.com, and uh, you'll you'll see a lot of good stuff on there. Pastor Robert Jeffress is there. You'll see my interview with Dennis Prager on Moses, and I think that was a very interesting interview, uh, and his perspective on Moses, of course, and uh, lots of other people. We also put it on our social media for our show. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, Instagram, and actually it's not on the Instagram, but it's on the Twitter, and it's on uh, the Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. All right, 888-528-2557. Let me get to your calls here. Donna in Orange, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good, Donna. How are you? I'm doing okay, thanks. Um, I I wanted to uh, bring to your attention a book that was released recently uh, by Jonathan Kahn called The Josiah Manifesto. Okay. Um, That book uh, is about the abortion uh, the abortions that have taken place in this country, and I know you were talking about that the other day. Um, I saw an interview of his uh, the following morning, and uh, in this book, he has carefully documented events that have happened the last few years that coincide with events to the day uh, that happened 50 years ago uh, when uh, abortion was legalized. Okay. And it's rather startling. It's rather startling. Uh, but uh, he's very carefully documented it and uh, backed it up with fact. And um, uh, not only does it prove that there is a God, but that he hasn't forgotten the babies. That he cares and, about uh, uh, abortions. Yeah. And what's going on. Yeah. And, um, you know, New York has been plagued with many big problems in recent years and especially recently, and um, he talked about a, a, a temple of Baal uh, that existed in Syria that imploded uh, imploded and destroyed. And I don't know who in New York brought an ark of that temple to the city and uh, displayed it in front of City Hall, and the city officials celebrated it. And uh, well, does he say is he saying that had some kind of uh, significance or uh, you know we're 
there's a lot well, of there's a lot of things where you know you read kind of Old Testament stuff and you go that's barbaric and then you look at our world today and you go well we're kind of doing the same thing. You know, we sacrifice exactly. our kids in a lot of different ways. We don't toss them into volcanoes or the fire um specifically, but uh there's other things that we're doing. Yes, and um you know, he, he uh his uh, how should I put it? It all seemed rather grim the yeah. way he he he, well, he filmed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is part of and, his book, uh, something that he wrote yeah. in a book. You know, you know, something that I would say is to if it's just seeming kind of grim, you know, one way of looking at the world and the time we live in, Donna, it's a grim time for sure. But we always, you know, the Bible always is optimistic, and we don't want to miss read the the stories in the Bible that are about grimness and the destruction of sin and evil without recognizing that there is a solution, that there is a time when all of that is defeated and all of that is accounted for. That And our faith, we want to make sure that even for ourselves that we are optimistic. We're optimistic because Jesus came up out of the grave. We're optimistic because he's placed people in our life that we can love. And even though evil is increasing, and I believe it is, and the love of others is growing cold in the lawlessness of our culture, which Jesus predicted it is, we've also seen that happen in various times in every culture on earth over time. And even if it's the end times where it's going to get super difficult, Christ comes back and makes everything new, and the goal is eventually every tear will be wiped away, and there will be no more death and no more sadness, no more division. And so, you know, one of the things, Donna, I would encourage you with uh, that kind of stuff. Some of those books can be kind of scary, and they point out stuff. And, you know, don't miss the fact that we don't live in that moment. We live in a, a time of resurrection and joy that we should have in the Spirit and uh, that the Lord is present, and all of those things can be defeated. Thank you, Donna, for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. David in San Diego, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thank you. Hi, David. Hi. Go ahead, speak up a little bit. Uh, hi, hello. Nice to uh, talk to you, first-time caller. All right, let me uh, give you the fanfare. First-time <laughs> caller, David. Thank you, David. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I was calling. I were um, me and my my wife and I were gonna uh, we're planning a trip to Jerusalem and Jordan, and we uh, you know we're not going with the church group. I've always heard the term uh, making a pil- pilgrimage to to uh, to Jerusalem, and mm-hmm. I always wondered what that meant. Um, we're traveling, you know, we're doing it ourselves, and. Um, just want to ask for any suggestions to make the trip meaningful. We're both Christians, and yeah. um, just to know if there's something, you know, other than, of course, the sightseeing and the the, the foods and all that, what you would normally do on a on a vacation like that. But uh, I'm just trying to think of ways to make it more meaningful. If, if yeah, you had any suggestions. are you are you uh, self guiding it, or do you, are you on some tours? Self guiding thus far, um, maybe start looking into tours, but so far just self-guiding. Yeah. Well, you know, um, first of all, there's, there's, I would love to be, uh, to do that myself. I haven't been over there yet and I plan to do that uh, at some point. You know, there, there's oh. nothing in the scriptures that tells us we have to go take a pilgrimage anywhere, but 
I, right, I right. you know, but I think if you're going to do that, you need to bring your Bible before you go, you know, plot out some things in the Bible that are the exact places you're going to go see and have that fresh in your mind as you walk on that path, as you go see the different places, for example, are where they think uh, Jesus was buried, right? And keep in mind mm-hmm. that you're right. going to, if you're doing it yourself, you're, you might see two or three different places where they think Jesus was buried. And it's really important to notice that nobody knows where Jesus is buried because nobody was in there. There was nobody in the grave, right? You don't, you don't put a marker on There's a marker on the grave or there is a written story of every religious leader ever. We know where they're buried or we know where they were dumped in sea or whatever the story is. We know what the story is. There's a marker. We have none of that for Jesus. And you wouldn't expect to find one since he came out. Right? I would presume right. that, uh, you know, Joseph of Arimathea would have uh, reused that tomb. Why not? So, you know, and it, was only, it was only used for a couple of days. Right. Uh, and right. Uh, so, you know, that's an interesting thing. Have the Bible open for your trip, and uh, you might find some good ministries online. There used to be a guy, I think he's still on there. Um, it's, the website is called So the World May Know. I mean, I'm going to type it in here and see uh-huh. if... Uh, and he is a Old Testament scholar. There's a lot of good stuff um, on there. It's not coming up, but uh, uh, there's probably some really good Old Testament, good Bible teaching about the Old Testament in these tours. And, you know, have have something in mind uh, to make sure you connect it with the Bible. And then you can say, hey, I've been there. This place or the Garden of Gethsemane is, I've been there. Or I've been you okay. know, to this place in Jerusalem, or I've been to, where are you going to go? You're going to go to Jerusalem? You're going to go to uh, any other areas? Um, yeah, we were thinking, I, it sounds sketchy to go to Bethlehem because you're crossing into Palestine, but... Um, no, I think people do it all the time. Some people, right, exactly. So I think, yeah, we're, we're just going to go ahead and go for it. But uh, yeah, exactly, Bethlehem, and, uh, and then in Jerusalem, there's different areas to, to visit and um so yeah we, we kind of using the uh the, the, the what is it the show the chosen mm-hmm. uh kind of inspired us to to go see all these places that were in that yeah show. so larry i'm gonna have to go um, to a, a break or david i'm gonna have to go to a break here in just a second but uh, I, sure. I hope you have a great time and, you know, bring that Bible along and make those connections. You know, that's, that's a great thing about our faith is that the Bible's not explaining places that don't exist. It explains places that you can go walk on, or if they haven't found it yet, they'll dig and they'll find it eventually. Uh, and that is part of the truth of our faith. Thanks for calling, uh, the Pastor Scott Show, David. I hope you have a great trip. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll return with Open Line Friday in just a minute. I see your calls, uh, Larry and Nikki and others, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can follow us at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can watch us right now at kkla.com. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.